What's up, y'all? This is Nick Luciano. And this is Blake Moore. And, and welcome, welcome to Tratter Talk. This is a podcast centered around the country lifestyle and how to be a positive influence. We're going to have some awesome guests on the show, share our stories, and cover uplifting topics to encourage y'all to conquer the day. Look out for new episodes every Wednesday on all podcast platforms and YouTube. And don't forget, smile every day and know your worth. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Trader Talk, podcast centered around the country lifestyle and how to be a positive influence. Today, we have Roy Dinges with us, and this podcast is brought to you by Ariet. Um, I don't know how to say that. Uh, Paul, can we get a voiceover, dude? Ariet, innovative and award-winning performance products for all types of outdoor and work environments. Okay. Today, you're probably wondering where Nick is. So there's been a tragic accident, and Nick got mauled by a bear. And you're probably like, no way. Like, Nick really did get mauled by a bear. No, I'm just joking. Nick's over here in the hot seat today. So um, everyone give him a round of applause. Yeah. Yeah, no bear for me today. No bear for you, Nick? No. <laughs> Why do you always say that? <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know. What led you to say that on social media? <laughs> I don't know. Zach started it. He's just like, yeah. Everyone's like wondering like where Zach was after Trader Gang broke up. Mm-hmm. And they're like, where's everyone at? Where's Nick? Where's Daryl? Got mauled by a bear. Worry about your own. <laughs> Or mold by a skid steer. <laughs> yeah. But today we got Nick in the hot seat. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I was in the hot seat. And uh, we're just going to get to know Nick Luciano a little bit more today. Yeah. So <clears throat> I guess we'll start off um, asking you, like, kind of where you came from and, like, what was your childhood like, Nick? Oh, well, I was born and raised in Maryland. A lot of people um, don't know where Maryland is, actually. It's so funny. A lot of people in Texas literally don't know Maryland. They either think Maine, like you always say Maine. <laughs> they think it's Maine, but no, it's Maryland. It's like really small state on the East Coast. Uh, I grew up in Cecil County, um, which we call Cecil Tucky. A lot of people, you know, uh, it's just like a small redneck town, really. Mm-hmm. Um, went to Rising Sun High School. Uh, I graduated when I was 17. And I went to Salisbury University partied it up for two years um and uh then i transferred down to unt um other than that i had a pretty good childhood you know just you know living with my parents played baseball football basketball um my dad was really supportive in all my baseball career i really wanted to be a baseball player that's like my number one goal and then i wanted to be a veterinarian and then uh as i got further in life i Went to college to be an engineer. Then I was an engineer. And now we're here. So you go through like all those stages of like wanting to be a baseball player, wanting to be this like vet tech or whatever. And then here's an engineering degree that is total opposite of both those things. Like where does like where does that come into play? Like why would you want to do that engineering? I I don't know. It's just like I've always (laughs) – You know, it kind of leads back to that thought, like, they tell you when you're young, you have to have, like, a good job. Like, the only thing that you're going to make money is, like, doctor, lawyer, engineer. Mm -hmm. So I kind of picked engineer, but I wouldn't wouldn't trade it for the world because, like, the person who really sparked, like, engineering and mathematics in me and problem solving is my physics teacher, Miss Muzzy. 
And she was like one of the first like role models I can remember that taught me like I can sit down and figure out a problem. Like she would stay after with me in school on the computer like till like 730. And like we'd had online homework and I was just so frustrated on like I just couldn't figure this stuff out. And man, I'm getting emotional thinking about this actually. Cause it's like, it was a moment that really clicked for me. And, um, she like took her time. She showed me all the equations on the wall. And it was like just that time in high school that showed me that like you can do whatever you set your mind to, like you can solve problems. Mm -hmm. And so then, you know, I just went down that path of engineering and, you know, I just loved problem solving. So I wanted to, to be an engineer and I'd always done social media, but it, it, it just comes back to like the aspect of problem solving. No, ma- no matter what it is, baseball, you know, engineering, football, there's always a problem. There's always a play. There's always like a situation that needs a solution to. So that's kind of where that mindset comes in. I mean, yeah. I know. I mean, you probably notice it all the time. Like, well, I noticed that a lot last year, like, dude. Our Trader Gang events, like whenever we went on tour last year, it was like horrible. Like it was a fun time. Yeah. But it was just so much miscommunication between like the event hosts and like <clears throat> us. And then there was Nick <clears throat> right in the middle and he was just like his head spinning in a circle. Like you could just <laughs> see him, like all the little things working in his head and he would like figure out how to get past whatever we were going through. I noticed that. That was the first thing I noticed about you whenever we started like going on tour together and stuff. Yeah. I don't know. There's something about a problem that like, I don't know. It just makes me want to solve it. That's what, that's what Nick does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Try to solve things. It, it, as far as mechanical engineer, there's a lot of people that don't know what that entails. Like what you work for the army. Mm-hmm. Tell us what is a mechanical engineer exactly? Well, um, yeah, like what do you need to engineer for in the army? Well, I'll just basically tell you, like, tell everybody what I did. Um, so I worked at the Proving Grounds in Maryland. If you're from that part of Maryland, you know where the Aberdeen Proving Grounds is. And um, I worked for the Technical Imaging Division, which is where I learned a lot about um, cameras and, you know, the basics of how to run cameras. Um, they deal with high-speed cameras there. So, you know, anywhere from, like, 100 frames a second to upwards of cameras that do a million frames a second, which is kind of unheard of. Like with a million frames a second, you can see like the speed of light. Like you can see light in its waveform. It's pretty crazy. Um, but that's kind of nerdy. You don't need yeah, to you're know. talking haber-jibber to me right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, but basically like mechanical engineer, you see, you see cameras and you think mechanical engineer, but what I did is I designed housings for those cameras. So a lot of those cameras were put into testing situations where things were being blown up or shot at that needed a specific housing to be designed and uh, protect the camera. So that's where the mechanical engineer side of things comes in. I'd use a lot of AutoCAD, SolidWorks, um, things like that to, to, you know, say, hey, this is what I'm thinking, and then go to the manufacturing team and have them build it up and just kind of do a, uh, you know, process of revising it revising it until we had like a a final project and then we'd put it in the field and see how it performed and then the next go around we'd make it even better so could you do that really uh no (laughs) i couldn't do it either (laughs) yeah and that's that's where like 
like it was kind of like a blessing because I got to use my mechanical side of things and then I learned cameras, which translated perfectly to social media. So, yeah. But being a mechanical engineer, it's like, it's literally any type of engineer is about problem solving. So, it's really hard. You guys see it with me. It's really hard for me to turn that off. Like, at yeah. All. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we see it a lot. <clears throat> so, like, you go from you know, wanting to be a baseball player to vet tech to an engineer, you do the engineering and then now you're on to social media. And I know we've kind of like wrapped around, you know, like what we used to do to now, but like, I don't know, like what took, like, I mean, obviously we all know Nick is the sugar cube guy as I call, <laughs> as I call him. And you know, this video has got like, it's like the third most liked video on TikTok. I don't even know if it still is, but, it probably, I think it is. It's four now. I think. It's four. Like, yeah. you killed it for like a whole long time. I mean, everyone was doing this trend. Like, how'd you even like come up with that? Like, the transition of it and stuff? Well, I, I don't know. I think I had seen Andrew do it at one point, and I'd seen other people do it where it's like you, you see how, how many likes somebody got on something. Uh, like these girls that are dancing or, or something really silly. And I would see people like mock it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So like it would be like a really, you know, attractive girl dancing. Um, and then a guy would see, oh, they got two million likes. And then they dress up as a girl and like put makeup on like really bad. Like basically mocking the, the outline of the video, mm -hmm. if that made sense. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to like do it, try to make it better. You know what I mean? So I just seen that, you know, Kayla Void, you know, she's a really nice girl. She got 5.5 million likes. And at that time, that was a lot of likes for just a lip sync video. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what? I mean, I'm in Montana and I had been losing followers at the time. I had just hit like 600K. And I was like, dude, I don't even know what to do with TikTok anymore. Like, what the heck? I had just quit my job at the Army and I was just starting out a videography, you know, taking on different clients. And I was like, I don't even know what to do. So I was in the mountains of Montana and I went out in the Airbnb and I told my brother just to hold the camera. I'm just going to sit here and sing a song. Um, and then, uh, yeah, it just happened to be one of those things that just hit. I don't know. Just happened. That's yeah. crazy. It yeah. is crazy. <laughs> and it took off. So, obviously, that it went viral. Mm -hmm. It's definitely changed your life, it, like Blake with Tratters. I mean, that's why we're here today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how has it changed your life? For for someone looking from the outside in, tell us about that. Um, I don't know. It's given me an avenue to do what I've always wanted to do. And it, it's kind of funny, like the timing of it all. It's like literally like probably a few weeks after Tratters was huge. Then Sugar Crash takes off. And then we all come together to collab. Like those were like two really big trends at yeah. the time. Like it was, I mean, Sugar Crash went off for like three months. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it went on for a long time. I kind of milked it for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just kind of like it changed our lives, all of our lives for the better because. Tratters was a huge trend. Everybody on the 40 page was like, well, who are these kids in these baby voices talking like saying Tratters? And then behind the scenes, Sugar Crash takes off, and they had no idea that we were even going to collab, and we've been talking about it beforehand. 
So then we come together, we film a music video, and then we do this meet and greet with like thirteen hundred kids, like a thousand kids, and it was like it was insane. So that really started like um, a movement, and like you know, it's changed all of our lives because we've seen a business opportunity out of it, and just kind of taking that word tratter and you know transitioning it from a trend to like a lifestyle of positivity and and faith so Mm -hmm. i think honestly it's changed all of our lives including mine to just literally help people you know i I think the word tratter and what we've done here has become something way bigger than just toy tractor like cadence talked about before he's like he's like man i really feel like we just need to change the the name of the company from tratter because he's like it just doesn't seem like a very business opposing name. But in all honesty, it's it, it's what backs up the name that matters the most. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And it's like between like Ariat and Ariat, like Ariat is Secretariat, mm-hmm. you know? There's always a, a reasoning behind the name of the of a company or a business or whatever. And I I think it's cool because we're, I would I, I think we're like the first country influencers to really do what we're doing like like meet and greets I remember whenever we started doing our meet and greets and stuff and going on tour every other country influencer was doing it too because they saw the power in it they saw mm-hmm. the the touch and like yo like we need to start doing this because kids actually like look up to us and stuff and I remember like I went to Alabama hang out with some um some of the Bamba boys at the ranch and like they were all talking about like doing meetups and stuff like Taylor Campbell for one. He was always asking me about like, how could he even like do that and stuff? We, we actually even did a meet and greet at Bass Pro. It was like the first time they'd done that. And like, you could just see the smile on like, I remember seeing the smile like on Taylor's face. Like whenever he like saw all those little kids down there by the fish tank at Bass Pro. And he's just like, he's like, dang, dude, these kids like look up to me, you know? And I was like, it's really good that we can do this. <clears throat> so I think that's just, really cool that this like you said earlier like um we made a stand for you know what we believe in and stuff yeah and a lot of influencers take action after that yeah i just think it's really i think it's really important like chatter the word chatter itself yeah it started out something funny and like a trend but what really matters most is taking that trend and like you know making it stand for something Mm-hmm. Whether as a, as a business and as a, as a lifestyle, so I think I think we've done a really good job at that. Yeah, yeah. I know a lot of people. They, <clears throat> Roy, you ever heard of like how people say, "Don't ever forget where you came from." Like, don't forget your home roots. Or oh whatever. yeah. I feel like that kind of Tratter Co. kind of comes from like where where we came from, mm-hmm. you know, and seeing where we grow grow yeah. too. So that's pretty awesome. I think. Yeah, yeah it is. So, speaking of viral, both of you went viral. And Nick, you have someone in your family that the world has come to love. Everyone knows Diesel. <laughs> yeah, Diesel's went viral. Yeah, Diesel went viral. You bred him. First first horse you ever bred, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, we seen him a couple of weeks ago. He's growing quick. Yeah. Yeah. He'll be, he'll be one in two weeks. Like, he was born on Cinco de Mayo. Birthday celebration. I know. Yeah, I'm going to put a little birthday cap on him. We're going to get tanked with diesel. <laughs> <laughs> Go get some Mars or something. Yeah. That was a fun experience, though. I, I was always said I like, you know, because 
when I went to college, I was rodeo on the weekend, and I always said, like, I wanted to, like, improve my horsemanship a little bit more, and I always felt like raising a horse from the ground up is a good testament to that. Mm-hmm. So Diesel's helped me. I'm like, man, I love that horse so much. Like, dude, I, like, he's just, oh, he's just awesome. So, he, like, like, it's so weird, like, dogs and cats are one thing, but horses have such a, a special place in my heart. It's insane. They teach you so much patience. They communicate with you way more without saying anything. Mm-hmm. It's like just the look in their eyes. It's I don't know how to explain it. But Diesel does that to me on the regular. Even like when I was just we were I was living in that RV and I got to the pasture and you just like see him perk his head up and whinny. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's like one of the best feelings. And uh, yeah, yeah. I know the feeling. At, I mean, my little sister Abby, she had like a little. <clears throat> She's had constant since she was just a little, little baby thing. I mean, mm-hmm. right off the tit, she's there at the yeah. house, and I know what you're talking about, like raising them up from the, from mm-hmm. a baby, and they're just growing this beautiful, like, how do you yeah. know? I can't even describe what, what it is. It's just, mm-hmm. it's a masterpiece. It literally is like these, like, the second he was born, I was like, oh my. Like I had like that's mine. Like I've always seen just like little horses and baby horses, but they've just kind of been like a. This is the first horse that was like, holy cow! Like it's not just in, you know, his mom's tummy anymore. Like this is a real thing, mm-hmm. and it's sort of how like when you got Briggs, like, oh let like let's do this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like uh-huh. we gotta we gotta put in the work. So I was out at the barn every day working with him. So. Yeah, he's pretty desensitized. That's for sure. Yeah. What what I love about horses and it, whether they're hurting, they're lame, or or maybe we're hurting inside. Like I always say, a horse will speak to you if you just listen. Mm-hmm. That's all you got to do, and they'll speak to you. Yeah. yeah, Diesel does that for me a lot. There'd be times where I was just like, I was like, just overwhelmed, and you know, going through things in life, and you go to the you go to the barn and you just sit in the stall mm-hmm. and they just like look at you. They they know. And even like um the other day when I was um um it's so funny when I was just saying goodbye to like uh, Coda and all of them. Coda in the pasture is like literally impossible to catch sometimes. Mm-hmm. He won't even let you near him. But I was saying goodbye and like he felt it and he just stopped. And he let me hug him and I just you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They just feel they feel you more than any other animal ever will. It's yeah. I just it's just weird to explain. It's so hard to explain on camera if you're not like actually like in it. Yeah, if that makes sense. What do they say? They they say a horse can feel your heartbeat from like six foot away. Yeah, or mm-hmm. something like that. They yeah. can hear it. Yeah, hear it. Yeah, yeah. That's insane. Yeah. That's why like I always tell people as cliche as it sounds like. A lot of horses, like even my horses, they like to run in the pasture. But, you know, if you have, this is what horses have taught me so much. Like if you're having a bad day or if something is like in your mind, in your like head, you're overwhelmed and your heart rate is elevated just from thinking about the stuff, you need to just like get all that junk out of your mind and think nothing but you and the horse. Mm-hmm. You need to calm yourself. You need to calm like what you're thinking about down and just focus on that horse. And that's what horses, they'll teach you. The same thing, if that makes sense. So it's funny because 
some people will go out to catch a horse and then like they won't be able to do it. And then I just kind of tell them, like, walk them through, like, hey, just let go of whatever you're thinking about. You know what I mean? That horse is getting stressed out with you walking up like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah, it is. <clears throat> well, so diesel to bull riding. You rode years ago. Yeah. Okay, like steers and rodeo events. Mm-hmm. So a month or so ago, I think it was. Yeah. You got on a bull again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, were you Finally. nervous, scared? I was a little nervous, but I wasn't that nervous because I seen him just a little bunny hopper. I don't know. I just hadn't ridden anything in like a long time. So I don't know. I was kind of ready, actually. I was like itching because I said it and then you wanted to get on. <laughs> Roy was itching. Yeah, bad. Roy was yeah. itching bad. <laughs> he wanted to spur one down. Oh, yeah. He wanted to get on that little brindle thing. That was fun to see you go out there, though. Yeah, it was it was cool. Yeah, it was like all that smack talk that Nick been saying, like about <clears throat> me and Caden riding and stuff. And like <laughs> Nick wouldn't get out there and ride no bull because he's like, I ain't gonna be hurt the next day. But you know, Nick's one of those like <clears throat> one of those guys that like just talks crap because he's like very competitive, and <laughs> but Nick won't back it up hardly most of the time. You're but here, so wrong. <laughs> but you know, three weeks later, whenever I saw a tour in the groin, he wants to go ride at Dale's. Mm-hmm. And so I was mad because I couldn't ride because if I did, my groin would have got pulled again <laughs> and I would have been out for another month. Mm-hmm. But I'm ready to go back and run it up back to back, me and Nick. Yeah. Hey. And Caden. We got to get Bo on one. Yeah, we do got to get Bo. I think yeah. Bo needs to go to the beaches too. Yeah. That'd, that'd be, be fun. fun. We got all your gear now too. Yeah. I got all my stuff. I got chefs, rope, every. I got everything. And so, you know, you know what was funny about that, that whole day after Nick rode? Mm. Like, not taking anything away from you because you rode him, like that bull can he couldn't kick over a snuff can, right? He's and like when, at least he's better than Caden's bull. Yeah, that's true. And when Nick got off, it's like he rode for ninety. <laughs> he was so excited. Like, hey, I would have been too though, because like, I mean, he beat the buzzer. Yeah, no, I was happy for him. I was, I was like, I saw him out there throwing them windshield wipers, bro. <laughs> and I was like, oh man, there goes Nick. <laughs> that was just like I don't know. You get on something after, like, a really long time. Like, I hadn't even been in a saddle in a while. My adrenaline would have been rushing around this, <laughs> so. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. It was just fun. It was just an experience to get to do it. I was just over the moon about it. I got to, like, get on again. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That yeah, was good to see. Yeah. So, and then, like, um, I don't know. It was just funny, too. Like, the like, I don't think everybody else there really knew that I used to ride. So, like, I had yeah, somewhat were- of a seat. Like, you know, they were all freaking out. They're like, yeah. dang, dude, that was good. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, I and then once you told them that you'd rode before, they're uh, like, they're, uh, oh, nah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. But it was good. It made for good content. Oh, yeah, it definitely did. And then you got tabletop. That was the best part. Oh, he hit hard, too. Uh huh. That was, I mean, you watch that video and it's like, Man, it looks like some bullies out there, but it was all out of, you know, love and mm-hmm. stuff. But it was funny to watch it because I was like, Dang, they actually just did that. Yeah. Did you notice when Nick nailed the ground there? He he wanted to be like come up fighting, but then he's like, okay, I gotta I gotta be cool. <laughs> I saw it in his eye. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was just like I, like it's one of those things. Like when we talk about like sometimes I just get out of control, and, like punch you like in the middle of the back or whatever, <laughs> like just roughhousing. It was one of those like unexpected. I had no idea that was coming, and all of a sudden yeah. I'm freaking. I'm flying backwards. I hit like a sack of bricks, dude. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm just sitting there like, mm, okay, that was funny. It's for the content. 
You mm-hmm. got to remember. Yeah. So <clears throat> we'll get a little bit more on track now after all that good stuff. <laughs> but, you know, you talked about how, you know, social media has like, you know, changed your changed your life, you know, and you started your own company. Mm-hmm. And along with, you know, Tratterco being very positive and, you know, uplifting, like you have your own brand, Luciano Western. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us a little bit like about it and like how you even come up with with it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I've always I've always wanted my own brand, my own logos to, to wear and for people to support. And I've always wanted it to be a brand that somebody can wear and feel included no matter what they're doing. Um, doesn't have to be specifically Western, but you know, that's just always been my thing from the beginning. It kind of goes back to, um, that Miss Muzzy story I told with that, that, you know, equation on the wall and how she sat down and took my time or took her time with me and showed me that you can literally do anything. You just need to get over that barrier in your own mind. You need to get over that mental block. You need to be bulletproof, basically. And that's mm-hmm. where, like, you know, because the whole reason I felt like I couldn't do it is because everybody else was made me feel that way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Everybody else was getting better grades. Everybody else was doing this. Everybody else was, you know, completing the homework assignments, and I wasn't because I was comparing myself to everybody. You know what I mean? And touched on a few podcasts ago about even that time in high school where, like, I wanted to be friends with the jocks. I wanted to be friends with the nerds. I wanted to be friends with everybody. I wanted to compare myself to everybody to make me feel valid. When then none of that really matters, you know. All that is just outside noise that kind of comes into your head, and that's where you got to be bulletproof. You can't let that, you know, it's just got to bounce off your skull. You got to be so freaking set in who you are and your identity and that's where that term like bulletproof comes in, comes in bulletproof mindset. And then, um, you know, I heard somebody talk about it a while back. You know, the slogan is bulletproof mindset, strive for excellence. I always hated that word perfection because everybody's like, oh, I'm, I'm a perfectionist. I'm, I'm this and that. I want to make sure every little detail is perfect. I want to make sure that just everything is exactly how I want it to be. And like 99.9% of the time, that's never how anything goes in life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like nobody's ever <clears throat> truly perfect. So I never wanted to be like strive for perfection. You know what I mean? So I wanted to be strive for excellence. Strive to be great. Take little steps to keep going. Like as long as you're striving towards something and you'll get there. But if perfection's the goal, then it's that's not obtainable. So it's basically in its, in its purest form is like, okay, don't give a crap about what anybody thinks about you and go out there and just, you know, t- put one foot in front of the other and try to reach your goals. So that's where that brand comes from and put it on clothing and, and, uh, and now here we are. So, yeah. I remember like a few podcasts ago, we were talking about like, you only need to worry about from point A and point A and a half. Mm-hmm. Instead of worrying about all this other stuff way over here, you know, you're striving for excellence. And if you can only, if you strive for, I've, I've learned personally that if you strive for the excellence in this time frame right here, you know, within like a four month, five month span right here, you're going to do a lot greater things than trying to plan out something that's a whole year long. Cause I mean, you're going to get overwhelmed, crazy mm-hmm. amount. And I'm not saying, you know, like if you don't have a, 
like a business proposition plan or something. Like I'm not saying that, but like for us, you know, we've, we've took like, we go month by month, you know, mm-hmm. or two months by two months or something like that. And I noticed that like, it takes a lot of, a lot of stress off of everybody when you're not trying to plan out like a, you know, a whole year long kind of thing. Like you can have a vision, mm-hmm. you know, of course, but yeah, I love that strive for excellence like in between the, your points. Yeah. A lot of people, I mean, I hear it like sometimes it's, we talked about it with Zeke too. It's like, have a plan, have a goal and mm-hmm. like work towards it, but things are going to change. It's, there's going to be obstacles. There's going to be things you need to, you know, maneuver around. That's why if you plan too far for the future, heck, you, like if you plan two years ahead, you, you could die next month. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You got you still got to have fun too. So, like, I'm not saying don't have a plan, but definitely, like, like you said, don't harp too far in advance. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we all have our five, ten-year goals that we want to hit. Um but sometimes you just got to take it one step at a time. And then I was telling Roy the other day, like, business, too, when you're trying to grow this stuff, it's such a crawl. You know what I mean? Like, you just got to go as, like, I don't want to say as slow as possible, but go as steady as possible. Because <clears throat> if you go too fast, you're going to burn yourself out. But if you mm-hmm. go too slow, you, you ain't going to make it. I mean, obviously, I can speak on that. Like, when we first moved here, we were going way too fast. Mm-hmm. And I was burnt out ready to, Yeah. Yeah, cannot do that. Whatever we're doing right now, perfect for me, man. I mean, yeah, yeah. I've learned that about you too, and I've learned that about a lot of people. Um, because me is like that engineering mindset. It's like, you know, deadlines, deadlines, problems, solutions. Like it, it's just never ending. It never stops. Mm-hmm. But it's not just me anymore. It's it's a, a whole team. So you really have to take into account every, how everybody else thinks and how everybody else views solutions and problems, and and take a step back so that's what i'm saying you know i i seen a tiktok too the other day from uh lecrae he's at that christian rapper mm-hmm. um and i showed you this video but he was like dude so many people forget to be a sailboat and like you just got to use the wind to your advantage and and guide your course by by the wind because if you're a speedboat you're gonna run out of gas and then you're gonna be su- subject to all the waves that are just going to like, you know, destroy your boat and, you know, pull you further out to shore. But if you use the wind to your advantage and he relates it back to God's wind, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To guide you where you need to go. It doesn't mean don't put in the work. You need, you still need to steer the sails. You know, you still need to make sure your boat is repaired and, you know, you need to make sure your, your boat is sound, but rely on the winds to guide you rather than, you know, fuel that you're eventually going to run out of there's a lot to be said about that that old saying you got to stop and smell the roses Mm because blake said we're just going too fast and we didn't we didn't savor we didn't enjoy what we were doing so sometimes you got to step back and and smell the roses and enjoy what you're doing like you you have that mindset of like you know deadlines and stuff like that and i get my chill background one from my dad because my dad's just real chill but, like, going in, like, the work field and stuff, like, you know, I was a carpenter for a while. And, like, yeah, you have a deadline of, like, when this needs done, but you're going to have weather. You're going to have, you know, um, lumber that's not there on time. So you have to have <clears throat> room for all these, like, different um, disadvantages. Just, like, chill and, like, let it 
let it flow. Mm-hmm. You know, you gotta you gotta flow with everything. And you know, same with like heavy equipment, running dirt and stuff. Weather's so unpredictable. You're always gonna be like three months behind schedule, and you can't help that. Mm-hmm. And I think I always have that mindset of like, if I get to it, I get to it. If it's meant to be, it's meant to be. You know. Yeah. A lot of people, and that's like a lot of people don't understand that mindset because they want to be speedboat. They want to work through the mud. When mm-hmm. in the end, it's like, okay, if you work through the mud, your foundation is going to be ruined. And if you're building on a ruined foundation, then eventually it's going to fall over. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you really do have to take your time. And that's kind of like what we've learned through, we've been doing this for almost a year and a half now. Like we need to take our time. We need to go with the flow. We need to make organic content. We need to really. We need to set baselines. Like we have a posting schedule every day, but mm-hmm. do we hit everything every day? No. Do we do we like do we strive to hit everything every day? Yeah, we wake up every morning thinking like, hey, this is what we're gonna hit. But like you said, things come up, meetings come up, you know, things are late, uh, f- more phone calls, more meetings, and then you know, it's not like we're pushing it off. But hey, at the end of the week, we still hit our baseline numbers that we wanted to hit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right, guys. So we're going to. As Nick Luciano would say, segue into the next <laughs> section, category, whatever. Um, we're going to play like Would You Rather because I always kind of like this game. Me and Caden play it a lot on road trips and they're kind of disgusting, but <laughs> <laughs> they kind of get funny. So uh, I'll, I'll, I'll start first here. Okay. All right, Nick. Would you rather eat a hot dog with like worms and relish or would you rather eat like probably like a hamburger full of like pig hoof? I don't. That's a texture thing for me. I don't, does the hamburger have a bun on it? Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a burger, bro. Oh. Burger bun. I don't know. Worms are extra protein, so I'd probably go with that. <laughs> the hot dog with the worms. <laughs> I feel like it'd be a little crunchy with our hamburger. Yeah, that would not be good. <laughs> no, nah, I don't like that. You got one, Roy? Wow. I don't know. This is, I, I never played this game. Y'all played this with Bailey, right? Yeah, when well, Bailey came. did it on the, yeah. He yeah. never played Would You Rather? Oh, I, I don't I don't think that fast like you guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you just, like, you've played it before, though, right? Well, I, I don't think I've played it. I've, I've watched you guys play it. Go ahead. You got one for Blake? I'll give uh, you one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Roy. Would you rather ride a wild rhinoceros for 90 <laughs> or would you rather ride a wild ostrich? <laughs> I, I don't know. I kind of like the adrenaline rush. I have to go with the, the rhino. Bro, I'd so go for an ostrich. You yeah. would? Oh, yeah. Absolutely, dude. Like, freaking, you're riding a bird, bro. Like, <laughs> why would you want to ride a bird? Have you seen those videos of the people riding Yes, this? I want to do it so bad. Dude, that'd be so funny. Dude, you'd fall off a rhino, you'd kill yourself. Yeah, you could. Yeah. The rhinos even puck? I don't know. We should try it out. <laughs> a safari rodeo. Mm. A safari rodeo. Let's buck some rhinos. Mm. In. In. All right, you kind of got an idea, Roy, how you play this? Yeah, I can't. It can be anything. It don't got to be food. It can be animals, anything. Anything. Or where would you rather go? Yeah. Well, you go, Nick, and I got one coming up. For who? Anyone. All right. Well, I'll give it to you then. <laughs> okay, here we go. Would you rather put your foot 
into a mousetrap and it slams on your pinky toe and walk around all day like that? Or would you rather have someone pluck a nose hair every minute of the day? <laughs> that's yours, ain't it? Yeah, that's yours. Yeah, uh, I'd have to go with the nose hairs. Really? Yeah. Every minute of the day? Well, I mean... I, I think your pinky toe would be numb by the end of the day. It would. It might even fall off. Oh, yeah, true. Hold on. How many How many nose hairs would that be? I don't know, but I mean... So there's 60 minutes in an hour. Everybody plucks their nose hairs. Here goes Nick's analytical mind, mind running around with numbers. Well, yeah, there's that's 1,440 minutes. S- sometimes it feels day. good. You ever pluck your nose hairs? No, I use a little... I use a razor the thing. thing. Same. And he goes, some, some of them hurt, but some of them feel pretty good. Nah, dude. That'd be, no that'd be 1,440 nose hairs throughout the day. I'd lose my mind. My eyes would be done. My eyes water so bad when I pluck nose hairs. You gotta imagine, like, you're gonna have to go farther in up here. Oh, <laughs> nose. oh yeah. Oh, no. no way. I'd do the, I would do the, the rat trap all day. All right. All day. You're weird for that. All right, I got one. For me? Yeah. Would you rather be put in a, in a, lay in a tank and be covered by snakes? Or would you rather stick your head in a decaying carcass? Ugh. I'd, I'd yak in a decaying carcass. <laughs> and I hate puking. So as long as they're not venomous snakes, I'd go with the snakes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, you would you would choose the decaying carcass. Yeah, I would. <laughs> that would dude, that would smell so bad. I can deal with snakes. I've actually get, got over my fear of snakes, so I can deal with some snakes. Wow. Snakes are pretty cool. I used to catch them like barehanded when I was little. Mm-hmm. Oh man. I only want to touch them. Like, I wanna go to I wanna go to Florida and go like Python hunting. Dude, that yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Those things are mean though. They're huge. Yeah. What's wrong with you two? <laughs> Um, He's actually so offended by that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Nick, would you rather be, like, covered in, I mean, no clothes on? Would you rather be covered in peanut butter walking around the stockyards? Or would you rather um, <laughs> get your foot stuck in a meat grinder and you lose your foot? Oh, I love my feet too much. I'd walk around covered in peanut butter, lathered in it, dude. Oh, dude, what if that dog's there? That'd be <laughs> awkward, huh? <laughs> That'd feel good. Huh? Oh, what? <laughs> yeah, you better not ever think about that again. <laughs> that's funny right there. I don't care what you say. That's freaking funny. They'd be licking me all over. I love dog kisses. All right, Blake, you ready for this one? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, it's kind of out there. But you know what fire ants are? Oh, yeah. I hate fire ants. So would you would you rather lay in a bed of fire ants or would you rather roll around in dog crap and walk around the stockyards all day? Yeah, probably dog poo, bro. <laughs> Them fire ants, they get everywhere. Oh, they do, too. And they oh. don't stop biting. Yeah, they don't stop biting, and then they swell up and get a pussy. Mm-mm. Yeah, no, no. That. dude. Speaking of fire ant things, I I never seen a fire ant man in my life. And we was in Oklahoma at Gatlin's. 
Oh, I remember. This. I kicked this thing right. I just thought it was just a gob of dirt, like a. Uh, I thought it was like a groundhog hole or something, or like a mole mound. I kicked that thing, and that was the last thing I ever thought about doing. <laughs> Fire ants all over my boots, mm. up my jeans, in my boots, in my socks, and I'm like freaking out, like I'm spazzing. Mm. I got literally almost butt at butt naked <laughs> out there in the middle of the field because I was getting bit so bad. I had to take off mm-hmm. my pants. It was terrible. I never kicked those again. No, that's the worst, though. There would be times I'd go out in the pasture to catch horses, and I know everybody says don't wear flip-flops around horses, but I was wearing flip-flops, and I stepped in a fire ant mound with, like, barefoot, and it was it was terrible. I'd dump gas on them things. Yeah, I That's what we used ooh. to do. we dump gas and burn them. Yeah. You ever seen them things on the internet, too, where they pour, like, liquid metal down there? Yeah. And yeah. Then, yeah. That's insane. The, the, it's an the, alloy. The yeah. yeah, the tunnels they dig under mm-hmm. there. That's wild. Yeah, that's really dope. Yeah. So as Nick also says, <clears throat> we're, wait, what do you always say? The other one, not segue. We're gonna um piggyback. Yeah. No, not piggyback. Yeah, it's piggyback. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. All right. So <clears throat> that was honestly kind of a good game that we just did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like always. I always do like doing games on the podcast <laughs> because it's like who well, you, they don't know what what we're gonna do, <laughs> what we're gonna say. So we're going to uh, segue back, um, into area affirmations, and this is kind of where we ask questions on Instagram, and we answer them on the podcast, or we choose one question and we answer it, and we are not doctors or psychiatrists or anything like that, so we're just, you know, three dudes, and we try to request, we get questions that we can relate to, because we want to be as honest as we can from ourselves. And this question says, how to be less hateful to yourself? And that one stuck out to us like no no other because I feel like we all struggle with it mm-hmm. at times. We're like, um, do you want to take off with it? Or do you want me to go? No, yeah. The biggest thing that like, and it, we were going through the questions and it's so funny because you said somebody that, there's another question in there. What is somebody, what is something somebody said to you that really stuck out to you? And I'm going to say something that I heard from somebody about this, about being less, like being less hateful to yourself. And it was basically the analogy. If like, if I was on this couch right now and I had like the 13 year old version of myself right here, but I put the same thoughts in his head, you know what I mean? How would I treat that younger version of myself? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Treat yourself like the younger version of yourself. Like take care of yourself like the younger version of yourself. Mm-hmm. Because you need to take care of yourself. You know what I mean? You don't want, like that's still you. You don't want yourself to struggle. But it just made so much sense in my head because like you you need to be who they needed to, like who they needed like right now. If that makes sense, but mm-hmm. to yourself, yeah. Absolutely. Does that make does I, any sense at all? It makes sense to me because that's yeah. how I would explain mm-hmm. things. Exactly. So it's like if if little Nick was sitting right here, and I was struggling with you know just being overwhelmed, mm-hmm. how would I treat that younger version of me? Yeah. But take that treatment and apply it to yourself now today because you need to be the same person to yourself now as you would be to that younger version of yourself. Mm-hmm. That was it. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah. That was money. Clip it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know uh 
Man, I know for years I used to, like, hate myself for, like, who I used to be and what I used to do and the way I treated people. And, you know, you hear all the time, like, you're, don't, like, don't let your past define who you are. And it also, like, people also say, like, <clears throat> your past kind of sets you up for your, how they say that? They, is that right? Your past sets you up for, like, your future, future. or something like that? I don't want to say that wrong, but I mean, you, you're always, you can't just like forget what happened because that is who you like your past has made you what you are today, you know, regardless of whatever happened. And I know that from, you know, you know, podcasts and podcasts and podcasts, we always talk about like how we used to be Mm -hmm. and to see where we are now. And it's like, it's so hard because like it all changed for me whenever I just got clarity from God. Uh, it's just like a, a, a straight shot. Like, dude, follow me and I will guide you. And once I had that mindset, I was like, I don't have to worry about what I used to be. All I have to matter. All, all that matters now is like what I do from this point on. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I know that like being at the house and stuff, I mean, I've been, you know, my, my new year's resolution was to like drop like 20 pounds and like kind of, have like a fitted teddy tone bot or whatever, mm-hmm. you know? And like, I've had this mindset and I've like literally quit drinking sodas. I, um, quit drinking or quit eating junk food. And in all honesty, that's helped me a lot with being like respecting myself because if you mm-hmm. can't respect yourself, that's also where you come from with like, you have hate for yourself, you know? And like, <clears throat> I mean, we always talk about it all the time. Like, you know, like, uh, I don't know. You just have to have a goal of what you want mm-hmm. in life, if that makes sense. Like, I don't, that didn't make sense. No, it totally saying. makes sense what you're saying. Like, you need to treat yourself, like, respectfully. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You, like, it sounds cliche, but it's like, you, like my body is a temple. It is. Yeah. Like, and, like, if <laughs> you're, if, and that has a lot to do with mental health, like, your physical be, and, and mental being. Like, if it's not chill, like, I've dropped 15 pounds and, like, Three weeks, dude. Mm-hmm. Been grinding and staying on top, and that gives me motivation to keep on doing better. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, man. You you start loving yourself whenever you can, like, you win. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. like I, I beat that, so like it makes me feel better about myself. I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It does. The first thing that comes to my mind is a lot of people compare themselves. Oh, I'm too fat. I'm too skinny. I'm not good looking. With comparison comes disappointment. Mm-hmm. We're all we're all perfectly made. God doesn't make mistakes. He made us in His own image. We're perfect. God doesn't make mistakes. What I always say: you you what goes into your mind determines how you think. Mm-hmm. We are what we are and where we are because of what goes into our mind. So you put the good in, the positive in, it's going to come out. And we need to be an example. We can't be an example if we're if we're doubting ourselves, if we're down on ourselves. Let the light shine. Hey, I'm happy. I'm going to better myself. And uh, plant that seed in somebody else because we all have the light. So let it shine. And to be an example, here's here's what I say. You you got to plant that seed in somebody else. And water it. 
a good example, and I thought about this on the way here. When you stop encouraging people, when you stop um, lifting people up, it dies, right? That person mm. dies. There's a, there's a Chinese bamboo tree that you plant the seed and you water it and water it and nothing happens. Three years goes by, nothing happens. Four years goes by, nothing happens. The fifth year, it grows 90 feet. Now, did it grow 90 feet in the fifth year or did it grow 90 feet in five years? When you stop watering it, it would have never grew. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So as long as you keep putting the good into it, you keep watering it, fertilizing it, just like people. You put the good into people, they're going to grow. It might take a while, but they're going to grow. Just like the same with yourself. Don't be disappointed. You got you to gotta put the good in. Feed yourself the good. What goes into your mind? And you're going to change the way you look at yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> put that on a shirt, dude. <laughs> <laughs> It amazes me every time we go on a daggum podcast with Roy. It's like, I don't even have to worry about a closing remark because Roy just handles it. Yeah, he just pulled that out of left field. Yeah, for real. I've heard every story about the Chinese seed. <laughs> all right, y'all. We just want to thank y'all once again for tuning in on another episode of Tratter Talk. We love the feedback y'all give us in the DMs. Uh, I just want to thank you again, Ariat, for helping sponsor this podcast. Don't forget to follow us on all of our socials. Um, Paul will list them up here with Tratter House and Tratter Co. And uh, I think our regular socials too, right? Yeah. I'm in the hot seat, so my socials will be right here. (laughs) You can follow me on the Nick Luciano on everything. And quick before we go, I know I'm not supposed to be hosting at all in this, but we are dropping Tratter Talk merch. So um, Get ready for that. It's going to look sweet. Have you seen the mock-ups of them yet? I have not seen that. Yep. They're going to be awesome. That's awesome. Heck yeah. But don't forget to go rate and review this podcast. Um, It really uh, does help us out a whole lot. But we just want to thank you all so much again for helping us out and just being supportive. And don't forget to smile every day. And know your worth. You bet. See you all.